Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thursday to everybody tuning in. Welcome into the PHLY Phillies podcast, uh, a Christmas edition. Uh, as today, we are going to be doing our white elephant here on the show. We have John Foley in studio with us. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a celebration of the Phillies today. And uh, an offer was made to Yamamoto, uh, and we were going to get to all of that. But, Renee, I know a close friend of yours is joining us right off the bat today. So the honor is yours yeah, to introduce our I'm excited our for this special holiday edition to also have a dear friend of mine, Uncle Rob, as I call him. Rob Parker, one of the first and original first-take debaters. He's covered every sport with Fox Sports 1. At FS1, he's worked with Chris Broussard. They have the odd couple on Fox Sports Radio uh, and not only has he covered every sport but he's also been helping to make a difference in Major League Baseball founding MLB Bro where I was a contributor at one point and MLBBro.com does a good job of just featuring and covering black and brown Major League Baseball players and uh, to top all that off guys first black beat writer to cover the Cincinnati Reds in 91 for the Cincinnati Enquirer and also a uh, Hall of Fame voter himself Rob Parker from the West Coast. Welcome. I had to give you a special intro because, man, you've covered everything across every sport, especially baseball, dating back to 1986 and had a great job. So what's up, Rob? How are you? What's happening, Renee? What's up, guys? Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I see you guys are all festive. Out here in L.A., we got rain. It's a little overcast. It's not. Doesn't feel like Santa's coming this way. But, uh, <laughs> Christmas is here. Yeah. Listen, it's it's a switch then because we actually have sun and it's not warm, but it's it's sunny at it's least. Warmish. It's always sunny sometimes in Philadelphia. So listen, Rob. I know you've you've covered so much across baseball, but one of the biggest things that we I want to get your take on that we talked about yesterday was Ben Verlander's comments around the Dodgers having the most important, impactful, biggest signing in Shohei Otani and Yikes. how it was completely unaware. Now, we vented about it briefly on the show yesterday and completely how uh, frustrated we were with the fact that, oh, Jackie Robinson may be the most important ever signing in baseball for how he was able to help break the color line. Now, for you, Rob, when you heard those comments come out from Ben Verlander about the Dodgers, what are your thoughts? What was your initial thoughts? And even a couple of days later, how are you still feeling about the fact that he completely disregarded the impact that Jackie's had on baseball and sports? Yeah, that was one where I threw up in my mouth immediately. I just could not believe. And I get it. The Shohei signing, $700 million, we're watching a unicorn. I get that, where people can get carried away. And, and, you know, and looking at this guy and seeing where he fits in in the history of baseball. 
But when you talk about the Dodgers, I mean, they wear Jackie Robinson on their sleeve. I mean, it is an important uh, signing and, and occurrence, not only in Dodger history, in baseball history, and in this country's history. People forget how life was for black people in 1947. This is 20 years before, really, the Civil Rights Movement. So to be a black man, to endure what he was able to endure, to be, become a Major League Baseball player and play with, uh, you know, the white major leaguers was an important and historic moment. And, and it's okay if Ben comes out and says, hey, I had a brain fart, brain freeze. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't looking at stuff on a historical standpoint and I got carried away I, I can accept that but we haven't heard from him since and that's not good you just just own up to it you made a mistake uh, Justin Turner played for the Dodgers he had a very um, uh, great tweet about it and he basically was saying you know there is no number 17 without number 42 mm -hmm. so how can you overlook Jackie Robinson it was, it's a, it was, that was a blunder by Ben he's been on my podcast He's a good baseball guy. He he just he blew this. Yeah, Rob, I said yesterday, you know, 29 other franchises in Major League Baseball, you can probably say Shohei Otani is the most influential signing ever, but the Dodgers are in a league of their own. There will never be a more important signing than Jackie Robinson. You know, forget sports, but like culturally, as you just said as well. So any other franchise, you can say that. Uh, but being out West and being in L.A., what is showy mania like out there? Uh, how much has he taken over the town? It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. People buying Shohei jerseys. I, I said uh, I was on the news here at Channel 4 KNBC when it happened. And uh, I said, I don't speak Japanese, but I'm probably sure that uh, Otani told the Dodgers, Shohei me the money. And they <laughs> certainly did. $700 million. Oof. People are buying his jerseys left and right. We already know the Dodgers sold $4 million tickets. Like, people talk about the Lakers. This is a Dodger, Dodger first, Lakers second. Anybody wow. who does not mm. understand that. Uh, and I'll give you an example. In 2020, when both teams won the championship, guess who had higher TV rating? The Dodgers. Mm. Four million tickets a year. They love the Dodgers. They are crazy. You know, this team has been really good for a long time, but they've only got the one World Series since 1988. That was in the uh, COVID year. So people want to see. Now, obviously, getting Shohei doesn't mean they're winning anything, especially next year, because as we all know, Pitching is what wins. Uh, pitching and defense, ultimately, you can shut down hitting. You've got to have pitching and defense. And Shohei's not pitching for the Dodgers next year. Um, so they, they're happy about it. They love the long-term investment. But it doesn't mean they're winning the World Series next year. Yeah, I could not, uh, could not agree with that more. It does make it exciting, at the very least, uh, as we've been watching. I mean, Shelby Otani was important for Tyler Glasnow coming in. I know Glasnow was saying, you know, it was because I had the opportunity to learn from Otani and, and have a chance to hear from him, and that helped win me over. We know the Otani effect. We've been seeing it as it's playing out. And even on the financial side, I know the Dodgers have talked about now they have the ability to go out and invest more, whether it's in the team and the club or in uh, just bringing in other pieces. There's so much more they can invest in. 
Dalton around Otani. But shifting a little bit more to the Hall of Fame conversation, um, I know there's been some comments in the chat about Hall of Fame conversation. Listen, you've covered baseball in New York, in Cincy, in Detroit, in L.A. You have a Hall of Fame vote. And I know our own producer, Tyler Zuli, had a question for you. Uh, and when it comes to Hall of Fame voting, for someone like Andrew Jones, are you voting for him? And if so, why? Um, Tyler feels like he's a lock. What are your thoughts on Andrew Jones? Uh, Andrew Jones does not get my vote. He's <laughs> not a lock. And and I, I'm going to say this. this. This is where I am. I'm, I'm a pretty tough voter. And I don't, I don't think if we have to debate your career, you're not a Hall of Famer. And that's where my standard is. When I and and I and I've heard writers and different people. That's their votes, and that's fine. And I, I respect other people's votes. But Scott Rowland, I'm just going to go to Philly. Not a Hall of Famer. Scott Rowland is a product of because of the steroid era, because of so many other guys who have gotten knocked out of people voting for them. They they want to vote somebody in. I mean, I could look at Keith Hernandez's career. Other people on par, even better. Who, who Don Mattingly, who didn't get a shot because they weren't Hall of Famers, and then they've kind of lowered the standard. Uh, Andrew Jones had a fantastic career. To me, you got to have one of the three magical numbers for me to get my vote automatically. 3,000 hits, over 500 home runs, or 300 wins. That's automatic. I don't even need to look at the rest. If you're able to stick around that long in Major League Baseball to accumulate those numbers. Then other things I take a look at, you know, were you uh, MVPs? Did you win, you know, the major awards? You know, where did you rank? There are a lot of very good players, and that's not to discredit Andrew Jones or think that he's not a talented player. Everybody's not a Hall of Famer. It should be for the best of the best. When you keep, does anybody pay attention or put up an uproar when they talk about the Basketball Hall of Fame? No. Because nobody even knows what the standards are. Mm. The Pro Football Hall of Fame, how can a place be special if you put 10 guys in? And, and, and here's the other thing. Um, Marv Levy with the Buffalo Bills, he lost four straight Super Bowls. To me, that's dubious, right? But if he's a Hall of Fame coach, where do you put the guy who won a Super Bowl, actually? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I don't understand, like, the, the, the thinking. And, and there are guys who I believe are Hall of Famers without question. And uh, those are the guys who should be voted in the Hall of Fame. Let's make it and keep it a very special place. So, Rob, uh, while we're on the subject, three Phillies of reason, well, more than a couple Phillies, Bobby Abreu and Billy Wagner and a couple of those guys are still hanging on. But Chase Utley entered it this year. Uh, he's having a first round that's pretty impressive and looks like he's eventually going to get in. Uh, but the other two, the big three in town, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, your thoughts on them as potential Hall of Fame candidates? To me, all... Hall of very good. Chase Utley as well. I, I just, Chase Utley's not a Hall of Famer to me. He had a tremendous career. You can't look at, and I know people are making an argument, well, if you had four or five spectacular years in a row and, and, and you know, and that, you should be considered. I, I just don't, when you talk about Hank Aaron played 24 years and averaged 100 RBI. Think, just think about that. <laughs> played 20, Guys who have made the All-Star team four or five times are putting in the Hall of Fame. You know, oh, well, it was hard for him to make the Hall uh, All-Star game because he played first base, and there were a lot of great first basemen. Well, that's the point. 
that the best of the best are the ones who make it, right? And they're the ones who have 10 or 12 all-star appearances because they were the best during that time. And I just think we got to be careful not. There are a lot of very good guys. It doesn't mean that Chase Utley should be in the Phillies, Ring of Honor, or Hall of Fame, whatever they call it. Um, that's where Scott Rowland belongs, there in <laughs> St. Louis. That doesn't mean you're on the National uh, Hall of Fame. That's all. And it's no disrespect to those guys who Chase Utley helped the Phillies win a World Series. They went back another year. I get all that. He was a, a really big part of, of what was going on there. Jimmy Rollins, another very good. Uh, this is no disrespect to him, Ryan Howard. They don't have any magic numbers. And to me, it's got to be a lifetime achievement award. It, on that subject, Rob, Jimmy Rollins specifically, how much do you weigh defense? Uh, because you brought up Scott Rowland, obviously, who we know here. ton of gold gloves. Jimmy Rollins, absolutely one you know of the what, best. Let me, let me say this. Keith Hernandez won 13 straight gold gloves at first base. Didn't even have. Go look at the voting for Keith. 13 straight? Yeah, that's wild. He might be the greatest first baseman we ever saw play. So it counts, but it's not enough to just push you over. Ozzie Smith, people look at that, playing short, now playing shortstop. He won 14 gold gloves. <laughs> now, not only did he win 14, go look at the other shortstops who were in the league during the time he was winning them. That's where you look at a guy and say, you know, you use that as a reason to vote for somebody. That's how I look at it. I just, I'm not a lenient voter. I don't fill out just because I have 10 votes. I, I put all 10, I fill out all 10 spots. That's not how it's supposed to be. And here's my last part. <laughs> if I vote for you the first time, I vote for you every single year on the ballot. If I don't vote for you the first year, I never vote for you. Your stats haven't changed. Why would I not vote for you year one and vote for you year 10? Mm -hmm. what, what is that? That makes no sense. Listen, Rob, I love the fact the chat was all with you when you were talking about Scott. And then as soon as you know, <laughs> listen, everybody here is Philly still and through. So by no surprise. I'm sorry, Philadelphia. I'm sorry. Throw a cheesesteak at me. Uh, the, <laughs> the last comment was Rob was cooking and then he overcooked. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we know you're no stranger to uh, being on the wrong side of comments or debates where people don't agree with you, Rob, because you're not afraid to say the unpopular thing. Uh, but I like the fact that you hold guys to a higher standard. Listen, Hall of Fame is not just Hall of Very Good, and it's not a participation show that everybody gets in on. And as you mentioned, your stats are not changing. So if you're not getting your vote the first to go around, then definitely uh, probably should not be getting the vote the next go round either. So. I don't, I don't, we've seen guys get in on their last vote. Like, all of a sudden, guys are like, oh, well, this is last year. It's not going to be on the ballot. Let me vote for him now. That makes no sense. And, and really, if we really wanted to do it, if I had it my way, you would only have one vote. One time to vote for the Hall of Fame. And either people vote you in or not. Not a t You don't need to be on the ballot for 10 years. That makes no sense to me. And then don't limit how many guys can get in. So if that year there's 10 guys worthy on their first vote, then you put 10 guys in. If there's nobody worthy, you put nobody in. And that's mm. the other part, is that the Hall of Fame, there's a production, a show, all that. So to have years where nobody's getting in isn't good for business, so you wind up putting people in who don't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Rob, I'm curious your opinion on this. I've noticed, uh, and I think it was their own fault for a while, that MLB kind of lost the cool factor. 
Um, I don't know if it's us being in Philadelphia and going through a decade of, of shitty baseball, or it seems to me like enhancing social media, doing these young spring breakout games, uh, maybe the Shoei Otani effect and the International World Baseball Classic effect. It seems to me like baseball is getting cooler again. Have you noticed being out west kind of an uptick in popularity here uh, amongst maybe some youth, uh, just generally a cooler sport? Have they done a better job kind of marketing their game? Absolutely. We saw it with some of the rule changes to speed up the game. You guys went to the games. You know, I was against it at first because I thought baseball was catering to people who don't like the game. You know, let's just get it over with yeah. two hours. And I was like, that's not the essence of baseball. But I went to games last year. I went to a Brewers-Astros game that started at 12-10, an afternoon game. The game was over in two hours and three minutes. When Beautiful. I left the ballpark, I was like, I felt cheated. Like, I, like <laughs> I didn't even go out to the game. It was so quick. But the pace of the game was better. It didn't take away from the game. There's a lot less dead time. Look at baseball streaming numbers. Baseball last year, over 70 million tickets sold. I go to a lot. I go to about 50 games a year all over the country. And the young people there, the college kids, streaming numbers are through the roof. Those are the things, social engagement. They have made those steps. And they have some players who are a little more, uh, got a little spice to them you know, who are, who are social media savvy, mm -hmm. who are out there where maybe that wasn't the case years ago. So baseball's headed in the right direction, and, and the numbers bear it out. TV ratings were up this past year. Attendance was up. And people have painted this negative picture of baseball for a long time, which just isn't so. And we saw it with the Shohei signing. Baseball's healthy, he healthier than it's ever been. And think about this. Baseball sells more tickets than the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLS all combined. Like wow. that's how, how many people, people don't even understand, 70 million. The NFL, as popular as it is, had to drop their blackout rule because they couldn't sell out stadiums. You know, there are a lot of places that still can't sell out eight home games. Why do you think Jacksonville plays three games a year in Europe? Like they can't sell out the games. So I, I laugh sometimes when I hear people go, oh, look at a baseball game. On a Tuesday night, they only had 30,000. 30, you know what the NBA and NFL would die to have 30,000 on a Tuesday <laughs> night? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, we're talk, as we're talking about the growth of the, of the game, uh, obviously the spring breakout's huge. We've been seeing even people like yourself, Rob, with creating and, and as a founder and editor of MLBBro.com, where you launched it in 2021 to focus specifically on black and brown Major League Baseball players. We're seeing growth in so many areas, diversity, opportunity, access. And then with Shoei Otani's deal, financially, uh, as you talk about that signing, uh, that $700 million with deferred money, so he's only getting $2 million per year. I know we talked about it on the show, but I'm curious your thoughts. Is this good for baseball that we have other clubs now with their eyes a little bit more open of, wait a minute, deferred money is possible? You can buy now, pay later type of a deal where you can make sure you can lock in someone like Otani on a deferred contract? Yeah, I mean, baseballs have to look at it and probably come up with some sort of number cap of how much can be deferred. Uh, the Dodgers are fortunate. This guy has endorsements everywhere internationally. So yeah. he, he's not, most players are not going to defer 
68 of $70 million <laughs> for down the road. I mean, seriously, that's just not going to happen uh, in most cases. So this is a very unique case because of where he is and the kind of money that he generates that he can live off of, you know, while he's a young man. Um, but uh, I think that they'll come to some sort of agreement, like maybe you can't go over 50% or, or whatever the number is of deferred money, because it does make an imbalance that the Dodgers have. He's the 17th highest paid player on the Dodgers, and you go to go and sign a couple other guys or make trades and pay them. And then the Dodgers could dominate for 10 years and then at the end collapse because they owe so much money to so many people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's the danger of it as well, health-wise, because of the, 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 you could kick the can down the road. Eventually, the bill will come due, and somebody will be left holding the bag. So that's something that baseball has to be careful about. And, and the other point you made about uh, the kids and the youth and, and diversity and all that, and, and the reason I started MLBBro.com, is because I thought there was a need to reconnect. We know how uh, important baseball is to the black culture, and we kind of gotten had gotten away from it. Uh, uh, baseball is a huge in the black community, from the Negro Leagues just to all the great players who have played and contributed to this country and all that. And I thought some of that was being lost. I wanted to make sure that we preserve that and we reach out. We started in 2021 with 14 people to start the site. I'm up to 70 people on this MLB bro wow. staff. And what, what encourages me the most, and Renee knows because she worked with us, is the young people. I, if I told you how many young African-American college students who are now emailing me saying, hey, can you teach me how to cover baseball? I'm, I want to be a sports writer, but I want to learn how to cover baseball. And it's to me... I, that's my. That's the point of it. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. A, I want to uh, make sure we highlight the black and brown players uh, in baseball. But B, I also want to be a, a, a training ground for uh, future black baseball writers, broadcasters, content producers, all that stuff. So uh, baseball last year partnered with us. It was great. We had content on MLB Network. Um, all over MLB.com, and, and the response was tremendous from the players. We've covered the World Series, the All-Star Game. Uh, we had a crew of five out the All-Star Game this past year in Seattle. So it's growing. Give it, give it a chance. Take a look. MLBBro.com. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking out that, Rob. It's uh, that's a great mission by you, and, and kudos on your success there and getting you know the next generation of journalists involved in that. Uh, before you were talking about that, you were talking about the bag uh, and off of uh, Shohei Otani. <laughs> now Yamamoto is an interesting one to me because the Phillies officially submitted uh, a bid for him last night. You know, all the major market teams are, are more or less in on him. I think he's going to the Yankees. What are your thoughts on potentially giving $250 million to $275 million to a guy that's never even pitched in Major League Baseball? This is where we are. The, 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 and, and I'm going to say this with, these, with the players who are coming from Japan and, you know, and, and other places. They, they are so big. There's such big stars there. And the following... We saw this with Shohei. There'll be 40 Japanese reporters covering him and following him around every day. And, and we saw, and you know this, um, when Matsui 
was with the Yankees, a guy who was a nemesis to the Phillies in the World yeah. Series. But you remember when Matsui played for the Yankees, Godzilla, all the Japanese signage, yep. the games were broadcast back to Japan. You, If you're a team, you'll make that money back. The jerseys sold. When people came to the United States from Japan, uh, Yankee Stadium was on their itinerary. You know what I mean? To go see Matsui and to be a part of that. And so it's really it sounds crazy, but when you when you get stars from Japan, I think that they pay for themselves almost. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rob, you shared a lot of great insight. I know there are some questions in the chat about the Hall of Fame thing. So we'll have to have you on again yeah. to make sure we can continue <laughs> to unpack this. Are, are they ripping me in the chat? It's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's back. It, it's a good mix. It's the a good last mix. one says Jimmy's in better stats than Barry Larkin. <laughs> OK, that's fair. I mean, that that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all over. It's a good mixture of responses. But uh, definitely means we have to have you back on because people are now curious which Hall of Famers you voted for, <laughs> who you have not voted for. So we need more time to be able to dive into that. So, I Rob, we appreciate you, know, you. I'm not going to tell you who I voted for, <laughs> but I only voted for two people. Adrian so, Beltre. He's a no-brainer. Why, why did I vote for Beltre? Because he's unanimous. Oh, he's got 3,000 hits. That's he's unanimous. got five out. He's got 3,000 hits. Yeah. So, so that, that's obvious. And the other guy, hmm. a guy who has over 500 home Tyler, runs. Tyler, I feel like over you might know. 500 home runs on the ballot. Who am I missing? Well, I, I guess it really depends on your view of the, the steroid era players because Alex Rodriguez is on the ballot and he's got seven something or cl right. close to it. Well, the, the only thing that I draw the line, and here's what we do real quick is if you were suspended by Major League Baseball, then I do not vote for you. If you were not suspended by Major League Baseball, that's why I voted for Barry Bonds his whole 10 years. I voted for, and I'm not naive to say that this stuff wasn't going on. No. But they never <laughs> tested positive, and they never were suspended. A-Rod was suspended. Yeah, Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player I've ever seen. Pre-steroids, post-steroids, whatever. So three, three MVPs in Pittsburgh. That's yeah. We could just stop the conversation. So, Rob, my, my other assumption then, based on the, the ballot that I'm looking at, your other vote was Gary Sheffield. That's a good, that's a good guess right there, <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, those, were my, those, were my two, those were my two votes. I love it. I love it. Well, Rob, you've done such a great job covering all sports, but specifically with Major League Baseball dating back to 1986. So well-deserving of that Hall of Fame vote because you've, you've been here covering it all. So we appreciate you taking time yeah, to join us. it was an honor, us. Rob. And also uh, love the work you're doing with MLBbro.com and also the work you're doing with Chris Broussard as you guys have the odd couple on Fox Sports Radio that you guys can check out. So, Rob, enjoy that rainy weather you've got today. Have a great Christmas. And we'll have Christmas. you back on another time. Happy holidays to you, Rob. And happy early Thanks, birthday, guys. Rob, because I know you've got a big milestone coming up. <laughs> yeah, in January. Unbelievable. The big six-all. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, but Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah. Happy holidays to all. all right. Thank you Thanks, so much, Rob. It was an Thanks honor. So much. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's Uncle Rob. Like he gives you, you yeah, can chat with cool. him I anytime. Talk, I could talk for him exactly. for the whole hour. The that's... Hall of Fame, John, and I know John, uh, who's here with us, has been following and you know the Utley updates mm -hmm. and all. I love that stuff. I love yeah. the Hall of Fame discussion. You know, the chat clearly is going off here. Um, <laughs> you know, Gary Sheffield, one of the sweetest batting stances of all time with the wiggle. Mm -hmm. uh, I just love those Hall of Fame discussions, and I know you do too. Yeah, I love it too, and it's mostly because there are no wrong answers right yeah like if they made it through the screening process they're on mm -hmm. the ballot there's a reason why they're there 
and you can make a case for, for anybody. I choose to make my cases for Utley, Rollins, um, but you can make you can make a case out of anybody on the ballot. I think Howard's the hardest of those three just because it was a six-year stretch, and the five-year stretch that he was in was historic in baseball. Like, right, right. you know, it's rare air to be in that for five years. The problem with him was just the sustainability over the long haul wasn't there. Uh, but I'm surprised. I, I thought Rob would have, you know, uh, been a yes to J-Raw because of the MVP, because of the defense, mm -hmm. right. because of, like, the rarity of things he was doing in terms of power, speed, all and of it. He didn't hit the, the magic numbers, but he was cer he certainly had big total stats for a shortstop. Yeah. I think it does lead to that um, conversation of the Hall of Very Good. I know uh, mm -hmm. Tyler's used that a lot, too, of, like, those guys that they had great careers but not Hall of Fame careers. And there, there's a tough line yeah, there is. too. Like, I think Donovan McNabb is in the Hall of Very Good to bring yeah. it to another sport. I think he's just shy mm -hmm. of the Hall That's of Fame, comparison. which isn't a slight. You know, I think Ryan Howard is in the Hall of Very, Very Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. fucking spectacular if you just look at a five-year window. Like, yeah. uh, so it, it's always a fun debate, and it, it's nice to have a, a voter on. And uh, Rob, as you said, is not shy from giving his opinion. Oh, no. So. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, between uh, being on first take, being with on, on FS1, and... Talking everything from Tom Brady and LeBron James. Listen, he's and it's not hot takes. He like truly believes them and he'll yeah. back them up with stats and everything. Yeah. But he's not afraid to give the you know unpopular opinion, so to speak. But he's a great guy despite all that. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I've seen him on first take many times and uh, clearly a good baseball man. Yeah. Uh, that was fun going back and forth with him. What, so yeah. what, what did you all think about his concept of uh, if I vote, vote for you vote once, for you once then I continue to vote I, for you? I agree I like with that. him. I like that. I, I the, like that. I like that principled stance, but it seems like a lot of voters play the game of I think this guy is get a Hall of Famer. Th round three I don't or want four. him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm. I think Utley might fall in that bucket. I think he's going to get close. Yeah, you've been tracking it. He's up yeah. at what, like 66% of the public he's, vote or something? He's somewhere around 60%. Okay. Which is, which which is, is really good. Wow. It's a surprisingly high number, I thought. Higher than I would have guessed. Uh, I, like, if you had asked me, I would have said Jimmy Rollins probably has the best resume for it, mm -hmm. but it looks like Chase Utley is going to do the best. Yeah. yeah, it seems like, you know, it seems like the Utley-type stats in the war are gaining in popularity, whereas the players that are accumulators like Rollins are are fading. So, mm. so I have a lot more hope for Utley. Utley starting higher right now, um, <clears throat> and I, I feel I feel like they should both be in. Uh, but I, um, I'm not optimistic about Jimmy's chances. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I am optimistic about telling people about this holiday season? That's Wheelhouse Cards because they have two locations in Wayne or Westchester. Uh, and you should stop out for the sports fan in your life, especially the card head in your life. It's a great time of the year. So Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. And their motto is cards and community because a love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Top chrome baseball and mosaic football as well as plenty of gear t-shirts hats hoodies and more from brands like mitchell and ness 47 brand junk food starter and shy vintage sports and if you're looking to have your sports card collection graded well they offer psa grading submissions they also host a ton of different family friendly events and birthday parties every single month so stop into either of their stores in wayne or westchester Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY. Just tell us 
that uh, tell them that we sent you over there. Use that code and you'll get $10 off a purchase of $25 or more in store. And be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. All right, let's get to the news of the day. Rob was able to join us yes. right off the sta- off the start of the show there. Uh, so obviously we uh, accommodated that because uh, Rob's a good baseball man. Now, the story last night, I saw it right before I was kind of... We got done wrapping up gifts. It was like 1030. You know, we took care of gifts last night, which is a big sense of relief. Happy (laughs) that's over with. I'm settling into bed and I see Matt Gelb and Alex Coffey. The Phillies have officially submitted an offer to Yamamoto. We saw this was coming. I still believe it's a pipe dream, but it's really cool to see the Phillies actually putting pen to paper Here's a large check. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Do with us what you will. It's exciting. Very exciting. Listen, I know, first of all, you guys in chat, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Uh, I know we're getting lots of compliments. Val Moore, great to see you back in the chat as we, we had a chance Val. to meet you at uh, Reading Terminal Market on Tuesday. Oh, that was awesome. We appreciate all you guys. You guys are fantastic, and Val was definitely great. And this offer news is also great because, Jamie, it means the Phillies are pushing their chips in. And I know there have been reports that, of course, you know, as the <laughs> top seven teams that the, you know, the Phillies don't have the greatest chance. But you always have a chance when you at least put an offer in. You know, this is this is like a, the house market is hot right now, for example, or not as hot. But it's like you at least put in a bid and an offer for that house. And you have a chance because you've done so. So we've gone back and forth about if the Phillies are more entertaining these conversations for a PR move. And to me, this shows they are at least trying to be aggressive. I know Alex Coffey's report definitely indicated that as well. But to see that they put their bid in and uh, probably not going to be as high as some of the other bids around that $300 million mark, they're probably a little bit lower but at least you're giving Yamamoto the chance and then I'm encouraged because as we know Yamamoto wanted to just listen to the pitches first before hearing the numbers so to me that means there's potential for Yamamoto to be more interested in maybe the club than just the you know the the bottom dollar it's possible and it is exciting that they actually submitted an offer and we'll see what happens I I remain very pessimistic about their chances (laughs) I mean there's 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 making an offer and there's making an offer yeah and it's like if you if you have the safety of knowing that these other teams are going so hard and and pulling out all the stops and throwing so much money at them it would be very easy for the Phillies and I don't know if this is what they did but it would be very easy for them to submit an offer that is not insulting but a little low ball and just say hey we were in the mix um, that's my tried. my theory is, that, is that's it's like it's well. gr- it's a great PR move. I don't want to yeah. like cheapen it to that. But the fact that we're here and just that little bit of excitement goes, all right, John Middleton's really like all in. He wants to do this. Mm, and that's yeah. fun. And that's it's fine. Fun. We don't I, know I what the number is. That, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an unknown offer for a reason, guys. Right. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a respectful lowball number. Yeah. I agree. Like nothing that's two fifteen. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> a number that's not probably going to be accepted. I that's mean, what it, comes like, it, to. it feels like Philly would have to be the highest bidder, right? It does. Because, yes. because it doesn't seem like Yamamoto has any particular attraction to the city. As great as the city is. I mean, we, I've been trying to tell him about pork roll this whole time. Oh, no. Exactly. You know, I'm, you know, I'm surprised you've gone so long without you mentioning <laughs> pork roll. It's been 38 minutes, and this is the fourth, first mention of pork roll. Yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, there have been various conflicting reports, but I think there's always underlying truth to that. And of course, as we've heard, he wanted to go somewhere iconic. He wanted to go somewhere that's like a, you know, a major club in terms of the history of baseball. Then there was wanting to play with a Japanese player, then not caring about that, then location, then not caring about that, West Coast, East Coast, 
All of that to me, none of that actually equals anything with the Phillies. Yeah. Regardless. It so, does. It does. <laughs> big stage. You just like, say he wants to play on the big stage, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we you want to go that. a win now team. A win now team. But anywhere he goes could become more of that win now <laughs> right, team. Right. It does mention, feel like they'd have to be the highest bidder to I, get it. I think he's going to go to a team that's at least top two. I think bidders. he's going to the Yankees. Like, if you're getting $300 million offer and you're getting like a 215, I mean, let's But then Alex Coffey says they're going to be aggressive. So I'm like, all right, are they like lying in the weeds here? Um, and Matt Gelb, you know, a day or two ago wrote the story about how the Phillies have only had two Japanese players in their existence as a franchise. And mm. the fact that they've gotten to this stage of it is encouraging for the future of those Asian relationships. And they've whether it's the scouting. Yeah, they, yeah. they increase their scouting mm. over there. Uh, they're making more trips over there to Korea, Japan. Um, so, you know, those are all encouraging things for the future because they have been slow to the Latin American countries, and they have been slow to, to Asia. So, you know, it, it's it's all a positive step for the franchise. I will say it does feel like the Phillies are crawling along because part of what came out throughout the course of the courting process for Yamamoto is that, you know, they were able to do some of the same types of pitches they had involved with Otani years back mm -hmm. to, like, repurpose it now and kind of beef it up a bit for Yamamoto. Yeah, the Dodgers had uh, so, fucking Kobe. I know, I know. <laughs> Cannot match that. Cannot <laughs> match that. So, you know, it, it feels like the Phillies are at least, like, what I like is regardless of how this plays out, you're sticking your toe in the water. You're getting a sense mm -hmm. of, like, what is this process like? Because maybe not now. Maybe there is a future Yamamoto. You know, there we didn't think there'd be a, a Yamamoto when, when we had an Otani coming through the ranks. So maybe now there is a future Yamamoto that the Phillies will then be ready to push those chips in on and have a much better pitch that matches the Kobe Bryant-level pitch for the Dodgers. Yeah, so <laughs> here's what Gelb actually had to say. And, you know, maybe this will apply to Imanaga or uh, Fujinama or maybe another pitcher or bullpen piece yeah. or whatever. Uh, Matt Gelb said this in his story. The Phillies making it this far in the process is something of a surprise, uh, although it's unclear how strong their odds are to get Yamamoto. They already locked up Nola and Dombrowski said at the time um, that they were happy with their staff. Quote, we'll continue to talk to people and investigate if we can get better, Dombrowski said earlier this month. I think there's something we'll do over a time period, uh, but it may not be signing Trey Turner for the type of dollars we did last year. And still yet, Matt Gell points out they made an offer to Yamamoto. They have been interested in him for months. They have increased their scouting presence in Japan over the last two years, uh, and, but they have never signed a player to a major league contract directly from Japan. They have had two. They have not had a Japanese player on the roster since 2009. And if fit is important to Yamamoto, that will be a consideration. Yamamoto did not visit Philadelphia this month as he conducted meetings with teams. The Phillies yeah. throughout this process have not quite been sure if their interest in Yamamoto was reciprocated. They likely will not be the highest bidders. All of that is working against them in this free agent pursuit. But Dombrowski has a track record of landing stars and unwavering support from ownership. So the Phillies' presence is at least notable at this stage. So yeah, that's no. about as, as good as you can kind of hope for here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's better than I would have expected that yeah. at the start of the, uh, of the offseason. Totally. So, so that makes sense. You just you still get the sense that this is more about making inroads, setting things up for <laughs> the future. Absolutely. Um, and it's long overdue, to be honest. I mean, the Phillies always seem to sort of be behind the curve uh, mm. in these sort of branching out uh, internationally. So. Yeah, when they when they made the changes to the front office with Dombrowski and Preston Mattingly and Sam Fold, mm. I, I, you know, it was all about improving 
the underbelly of the organization. The Major League product obviously had to improve, but the, the real failure of Matt Klintak, he did make a couple good moves during his time here. He never really improved the minor league system. He never got the international scouting better. Mm-hmm. And I think Dombrowski and Fold and Mattingly and these guys went, all right, like this has to get a lot better. This is not how a major market team should operate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a step in that direction. The minor league system's improved. Uh, the player development has improved. You know, pitching, batting coaches, all that stuff has gotten better. So hopefully there's not that decade of unsustainability that we just went through, which absolutely sucked. And hopefully... I, I can't do it again. No, I, I don't have another me. 10 I years of bad baseball. Like that in me. Uh, you well, know, you know what you guys can do and take advantage of? That's Rocket Money. So Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps to find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. And I use Rocket Money. I'm a huge fan of it. Rocket Money does a fantastic job of giving you updates on, you know, your financial picture. So now you can see what where your money is going each month, which subscriptions, which bills, refunds, you name it, Rocket Money will give you alerts to keep you up to date on everything that's happening with your money. And over at Rocket Money, they have over 5 million users that they've helped save money and they've saved an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscription. That's a lot, of, a lot of money back in your pockets, especially as we're getting into the holiday season. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel those unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com P-H-L-Y. Again, rocketmoney.com P-H-L-Y. And make sure you are taking advantage of the opportunity today to save money for tomorrow. Boo, like I, I, need to, I need to get on that. Guys, I'm a, I get Rocket Money e- emails and updates all the time, and I'm like, oh, what is this quick I'm not the best with like looking at my credit card bill. You know, sometimes yeah, I'm just like, yeah, the number is what it is. I am one. I check, my, I check all my transactions every day. I check my finances regularly, credit yeah, cards regularly. So Rocket Money makes it easier to just kind of see everything. I, uh, I handed the CFO of the family duties over to my wife because I was like, this isn't for me anymore. I'm, I'm out. Let's you know your strength, you know? You know what you can help with. I barely check my checking account. It's really bad. Uh, so oh, she took goodness. over that. So I need a little Rocket Money in yeah, my Yeah, it, you need help. You need help. I do. For sure. Yeah. I need help um, in a lot of areas. Listen, really. there's, you do, you do. I wasn't going to say You're it, not supposed you said to it. agree you with me. Yourself. You're supposed to say no, Jamie. Oh, I mean, fine. no, Jamie, yeah, you don't. Yeah, there you go. You know, sometimes we agree on things that do and don't make sense, like the Philly Fanatic being a bird. John, I know you put out a... Well, he's from the Galapagos. <laughs> Very, that much. I've been there. A lot you put of out birds. a piece on this, for the record. You guys, check out That's John right. Foley's pieces that he's been dropping around various topics Amongst very, the Phillies. It's very, it's very important. I'm very professional now with some hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> you know, I, I sat down to write, you know, the same piece you've probably seen a few other places about the Phillies trying to, uh, to trademark Bedlam at the Bank. Yeah. And running into geez. some trouble uh, with the Bedlam college football rivalry. Uh, and but if you poke around on the on the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office's website, you can find some interesting things. And one thing I found was that a federal government has classified the design of the fanatic <laughs> purely as a bird. He's a bird. Mm. So if he's not a bird, what is he? I just feel like he's a well, he's a mythical creature. Like he's he real, plays. Renee. I've been there. I mean, I saw him. He's the Galapagos gang <laughs> comes up for his birthday every year. Have you seen other <laughs> fanatics? I mean, listen, the definition Mrs. of a Fanatic bird. Mrs. The definition of a bird is a warm-blooded, egg-laying vertebrate distinguished by the possession of feathers, wings, and a beak. 
Typically, being able to fly, the fanatic cannot fly. Well, he flies around on his ATV. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, annoyed. he definitely looks like he lays you're eggs. <laughs> you know? Or she? No. Is, that, we, we is there a gender to the fanatic? He's got, I feel like, is Are he we gender canceled inclusive? For having this is, conversation? He, <laughs> is he gender fluid? Gender I, fluid? I don't know. He, he doesn't wear pants. He does have makeup. <laughs> he doesn't they wear have pants. Makeup. I don't know what they oh, are. Oh, yeah. Who said the fanatic? There's fanatic some flair on those eyelashes. Yeah, well, actually, what makes the fanatic a? I and don't then think when they were going through the fanatic lawsuit for that year, they had to like slightly change it. That was so it, weird. It was so it was weird. So, it makes me uncomfortable even <laughs> seeing the pictures. Uh, the fanatic did have Just a girlfriend, like, but that doesn't make the fanatic a man. No, it does not. Um, listen. Let's just turn it into a kinky conversation <laughs> all of a sudden. Some of you in the chat are probably enjoying this more than others. I mean, gritty is a byproduct of the fanatic. I don't know. I feel like there are. Like, are there other things that look like the fanatic somewhere? I'll support him being a bird or she being a bird. I don't know. To the extent there's anything that looks like the fanatic, I don't think it's a bird. Gritty's like a, a beak. bizarro meth. This fanatic. is not the first time this conversation <laughs> has come up in sports history. No. Um, I mean, I want to see what is the, what is the fanatic based on? Like, what? The Galapagos. No, that's not. What do you mean no. based on? It, he came but into like, existence. He was born in the Galapagos. Yeah, but Galapagos don't Bill look Giles like the fanatic. Well, the Galapagos, the Galapagos is a smorgasbord of animals of all. The hawk, the penguin, like none of them look uh, like the red-footed booby, the blue-footed the boobies, boobies. I was gonna say, yeah, I've seen them. I, I snorkeled in the it's Galapagos. The, it's the nose for me. For the well, fanatic. that's a beak, right? But it's not. That's so. absolutely not a beak. Well, it's an it evolution beak that, that got stuck somewhere it. between <laughs> a turtle stuck, and a bird. It's stuck somewhere. Yeah, yeah. it's like okay, it's maybe. like a, it's like one of those birthday streamers. Yeah. Like. I saw people being say a bird. like anteater, maybe some sort yeah. of anteater. I, oh, that is more of an anteater because they do have that same mouth situation. Right. That's the how Galapagos they eat. is all about evolution, and I think mostly bird maybe evolved from something else, got stuck yeah. somewhere. I mean, and, just an evolutionary mistake. Yeah, like kind so of Randy's like an evolutionary in a chat, bastard. He's like an anteater with some plump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's ha, thick. Have you guys seen the video of the two guys arguing, and they're arguing over <laughs> uh, the yes. wicked? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, is the wicked yeah, witch, yeah. Uh, or you know <laughs> what I mean? Is that up right now? Is that what we're That's doing? What we're like, is. huh, what is a bird? Bro, what That's makes it a bird? He doesn't lay eggs. <laughs> this is why That's everybody comes wild. here. Yeah, this is the real reason why, you guys. This is what Val was saying. Val enjoys our yeah. show, just like many other people, because of our interesting banter and, that we and, have. You know, our boy MBD say says the red-footed booby has to be Eugene Krabs' favorite animal. <laughs> and as soon as I started talking about the booby birds... Uh, I immediately thought of you, Eugene. So, yes, uh, <laughs> shout out to your favorite birds. He is kind of like a Muppet. That's a good point, Chris. Yeah, very Chris, Muppetish. Like, very mm -hmm. much giving Big Muppet. Big bird cousin, kind of. See, that if now you had to we're compare getting warmer, it to something. But Big Bird is a bird. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but Big Bird but is a clearly beak. a bird. He's he got a beak. Has feathers, if the definition like is having feathers, a beak, possibly being able to fly, like the fanatic well, doesn't have So the fanatic then would be a flightless bird, like an ostrich, that developed the anteater. Uh, to snort up food to survive to survive so that, that the Galapagos, to... it's all about evolution so flightless bird so was like all right i got to snort my food <laughs> so i'm going to i'm going to freeze out here with this snout beak <laughs> disgusting absolutely disgusting. I, I support i think he's a bird you think he's okay. a bird yeah all right, well, strongly disagree, a bird but... i don't want to get killed okay there you go there you go i like it look at you Jamie. Yeah. very yeah. i'm woke i'm You're... hip okay but <laughs> okay all right well you know where else you can be woke and hip and uh 
be kind of cool, that's over at the Game Time app because the Game Time app is a place you can go to make sure you don't have to deal with the stress of buying tickets. I was dealing with that Monday night at the Sixers game, fumbling in the cold, looking for my tickets. If I had the Game Time app, I just sent my buddy to get tickets for his wife to Game Time. I said, if use Game I Time. If I had used the Game Time app for my tickets instead of getting them from my dad, I would have been able to easily find my tickets. So over the Game Time app, they help with those last minute tickets. Great prices. Also allows you to see where your seats are so you have a nice picture of where you and your buddies are going to be hanging out at the game, at the concert, at the comedy show, wherever it is you're going. So go over to the Game Time app. It's fast, it's easy, and they also have those killer deals, and you can make sure to take advantage of our deal. Using code PHOI gets you $20 off at the Game Time app. So again, that's code on the bottom of your screen if you're watching live, and for those that are tuned in on podcast platforms that we appreciate so much for putting up with us in our banter every day. Code PHOI gets you $20 off at the Game Time app when you download it and use it today. All right. So, uh, as normal, uh, we've gone off the so rails much to get into. and didn't have our show. Well, we're not going to get into it all, Renee, because we Why have, a wh- because we have tomorrow's show <laughs> and we have a white elephant to get to. There is one thing I want to get to because it was offensive to my eyeballs yesterday when oh, I saw it. Yes. Uh, we'll get into this power hitter thing that came out from Bleacher Report, and then we'll get to our white elephant because I, I love white elephants. The idea of thieving others' gifts and stuff, it's always cutthroat it's always fun uh so bleacher report put this out yesterday and the reason i bring it up is because kyle schwarber is very disrespected in this um now it is baseball's top 10 power hitters and number one i went aaron judge okay fair that that makes sense matt olson if you're going just based on last year okay i could see that being the case Ronald Acuna, three. Shoei Otani, four. Uh, I mean, I think he kind of put Otani second. And then then it started to get interesting because I was like, where the hell is Schwarber? Mm-hmm. Corey Seager, fifth. Marcelo Zuna, sixth. Jordan Alvarez, seventh. Juan Soto, eighth. Kyle Schwarber, ninth. J.D. Martinez, uh, tenth. Instant observation, uh, a joke that Kyle Schwarber isn't in the top five. Uh, yeah, I think you could, uh, like, that's all the guy does. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. There, there are players on that list that you would take over him. Sure. If we're talking about power hitters. Kyle Schwarber is the definition of a power hitter. Yeah. I think I mean, he's been so second in baseball. Definitions. Right. Uh, Tyler, I know you had some feelings on this as yeah. well. There's two players not on this list that absolutely should be on this list, and one of them just played in the World Series. It's Adolis Garcia, trying to figure out where where he missed the cut. Uh, the other one Corey is Corey Seager's on it, this list. Luis Roberts, the other one for me that should yeah. be on this list as well. But and then a, a couple of people talking about it in the chat, like Jordan Alvarez is a masher. Yeah, yeah. and he's seventh. Kyle Schwarber's ninth. Seventh? (laughs) This list is weird, man. Yeah, like Acuna, I don't... I just consider a great baseball player. I don't... uh, I I know he's got the power numbers, but, like, he's not in my top five power hitters in the game. I think Corey is the one that throws the whole list off. doesn't belong in the top ten. Because you can make arguments, maybe, for some others. Um, But, right, he doesn't even belong in the top ten. He's sitting at top five which then throws things off, like, where are you getting this from? I know this was put out, uh, Bleach Report put this out. Like, what are you what are you defining as a power hitter, then? Yeah, like, right. what are what are your p- p- parameters yeah, yeah. Are for a top 10 power hitter, Joel Reuter, who put this uh, list out? Yeah, I, I don't know, guys. Corey Seager probably belongs on the list. I mean, he had, what, like 36 home runs last 33, year? 33, 96, he hit 320. And, and, and what did Kyle Schwarber say? So if you're lo- are, you, are you guys defining this list just as the guys who hit bombs? 
or yes. are you looking at the players who hit home runs who also hit well? Because if that's the case, Seager belongs on the list. If that's the case, quite frankly, Mookie Betts should be on the list because he hit Another 30 name. plus home runs. Right. So like you have to define what your definition of this list is. I think is. they're being a coward and hiding behind power. I think when you say power, <laughs> it means home runs. Power means home runs. That's, that's how I interpret it. You, you I know, think. I don't, I think they're hiding behind like the cloak of like, well, slugging percentage and this and that. And do you it's like, all right? Do you all think really. that sometimes they make these lists wrong? Like they make the real list and then like <laughs> switch them on purpose it so, so people talk so about people it. People get enraged and talk about it. Yeah, it's like it's, mean, it's like how people uh, engage with Philadelphia sports. They say mm -hmm. something, you know, like Chris Sims of the world will be like, Jalen Hurts is in the top 35 right, quarterback. Right, right. It's like, because oh, they know yeah. we take the bait, because <laughs> they know we're nuts. And here we are taking and the bait. And they prey on every us. Time. And Bleacher Report, there you go. We every talked time. about your stupid list. Can't I mean, I, I think would be wrong on it does internet. come down yeah. to what is, what are you qualifying as a power hitter, a top power hitter? I know in the chat we're getting some different things. Um, you know, MBDBDBF saying Seager does belong. He's been a monster, to be fair. He's good, but he's not a better power saying, hitter than Kyle Schwarber. I don't belongs in the top 10. So, so if we're going it. based off of home runs uh, for 2023, Kyle Schwarber was number two. To be um, past two behind years. Behind Matt Olsen, right. right. And then there are other, I mean, Shoyo Tani's up there. Pete Alonzo sitting number three. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts is, is top 10. As, as mentioned mean, by Tyler, Adolis Garcia and Luis Robert are top ten. I mean, there's it's just Rick, what Rick are we Sachs defining? Rick in the comments here makes a good point. Where's Where's Bryce? If the if it's not just pure power hitter and it's guys yeah. who are powerful and are also great hitters, then you would expect. And he's got the most violent right. swing if in it's baseball. It's not just based exactly. off home runs. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are we? I need I need more information. And JD Martinez is a free agent. <laughs> it's almost Christmas. If he was one of the best power hitters in the game, he'd be signed by now. And chances <laughs> ding, are he's, ding, ding, he's ding. going to Arizona. There's a problem with a top 10 power hitter not being on a team right now. Yeah. At this point with the, the fact that we've seen all these rumors and speculations and nobody's been jumping to pick up J.D. Martinez, who's apparently a top 10 power hitter. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, I forgot to do something very critical to our White Elephant game, and that's right numbers no, one through... No, you did not. No, one, you did not. Oh, you did it? No, I got it. Yeah. Look at you. Always prepared. Yeah, I know. It's, I know I know my role here on the show. Okay, I know what I'm supposed I to help I throw out all the little things. chaos and I just spew nonsense. <laughs> I'm low-key the glue. Renee kind of like I'm the harnesses glue. and lassos and yeah, all. I, I'm just here to hang out. That, what makes this worse for everybody, by the way, is not only did Jamie say he forgot to do it, I actually was sitting right here. I don't know if you saw me writing the numbers. I did not. I was literally <laughs> sitting right next to you writing these numbers before, like seconds before the show no, started. It's good work. My pen you. is actually still right here. Like, you're on it. Wow. I just. All right. So as the, as the show Dean is, Crabs, Renee w. is winding down here, we're going to do a little white elephant amongst the PHLY Philly show. I think Tyler should pick first. He's all the way over there. I'm way over so here. I'm not I, mean, so I have so a So Tyler gets the last number by default. Yeah, by yeah, default, that's fine. Tyler's the last number. Whatever. And my mother technically, do we have to stand me. up? We should have all of our gifts on the table, guys. Guys. All right. Oh, yeah, we pause. should put the gifts Put your gifts on the table. On do the I have to always put every, keep everything together here? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I heard that one sounds a little heavy. This one's a pretty little package. <laughs> this one's really John's proposing to me. Oh, so Sometimes good things come as A wah bag. Love it. <laughs> I wrapped my gift. I'm the only one that I am the only one that wrapped my present. It's, this counts. Well, bags are. You wrapped. all have bags. Uh, mine's wrapping. a little awkward Jeez. to wrap. Oh, you'll see. Oh. Hmm. Um, oh, I like the. Sound all right. Of why that. don't we give our guest the first pick, the He's first overall pick of paper? He's part of the family. <clears throat> well, in studio guest. And John takes his own gift. Yeah. <laughs> now I think number four is actually the best. Oh man. Since I wrote the numbers, I'll pick after you. 
And Tyler, oh wait, there's and two. These two are mixed in together. Tyler gets by de hat. default the last number. Oh, I'm number four. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I knew it! No, I knew it! I'm number one. <laughs> number one. You're, you're number one. I should have lied. All have, right, so the I rules are so Tyler, you're three. You're three. Okay. So the okay. rules are you can't. Throw it. You don't want to end up with your own gift. That's just lame. Uh, things can only be gifts. stolen once. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know sure. what Tyler's gift Actually, is. Actually, I would be happy with mine. I kind of just shopped for myself and was like, okay, this is, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, give her clues. I like this. Um, so you'd be happy with your gift. You kind of shopped for yourself. What about you, John? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> we put a 25 or $30 limit on it for the, for the viewers here. Um, 2008 is my clue. <laughs> oh. How's that? So it I can only be stolen once. Gifts, by the way, which I literally had gifts for every single one of you in my Amazon shopping yes, cart. Yes, I'm glad I'm I put so a stop you, to that. I was going to come in with a bag of gifts. <laughs> I had great gifts for each of you guys. So, so Renee, you're one? I'm number one. So Renee's going to start it I'm off. I'm always number, number one. Number two is John. He will have the option of... Stealing said gift, which I always like because it's cutthroat. Uh, if you steal that, that's yours because things can only be stolen once. If not, you get to pick another gift and so on and so on. Number four can theoretically steal whatever has not been stolen yet. Okay. Um, so, Renee, why don't you kick us off here? Let me kick off my shoes, too, and get in the full hot mood because I have my uh, Christmas socks Santa, on. Santa, please stop here. Yeah, anybody else? and it's got <laughs> gingerbread people on it. My uh, my, my girls are making a gingerbread owl. house as we speak right now. Oh, I love gingerbread yes. houses. Do you guys have Christmas actually, socks on? No, no you I don't, don't have, have any socks. socks on. Okay, okay, sounds about right. Jamie hasn't okay. worn socks in like <laughs> 25 guys, years. Guys, for the record, we specifically said come here with your Christmas outfits on. Everybody on the show and did look, a great job. Our friends at Foco sent you guys look awesome. awesome. Ugly Christmas sweater birds. I don't think it's, sweater. I think it's kind of cool, actually. It is. But and it's the ugly sweater. And then you each have on like classic green sweaters. I'm not a big ugly sweater person personally because. Oh, Renee's going with my bag, number one, maybe. Oh, no. Start the timer. <laughs> oh, no. We're not playing this game again. <laughs> I don't know. I, already, I know yours is. I know what yours is. Let and me. I know what mine is. And I like small packages. I like big ones, too. All right. What do we got? Right, let's see. I'm not, I can't take it out yet. You have to yeah. wait until the end. No, oh, no, I played you open it. it or not you, you open, open it, it and then no, John gets to decide. Okay. No, that's the way the game is played. Right I get to see you. And I, I oh boy. And there's Ooh, another Ooh, I can tell what this too. is by the shape of it. Oh, there's more. Ooh. <gasps> um. Powder blue. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this is my favorite color. Yeah, I thought that was pretty sharp. And a it's some nice shot fillies, a shot glass, a shot and glass. if you can zoom in on me, Tyler, I'll show off the gifts. Coffee mug or a cocktail mug is what I prefer to uh, be. I use mine for juice. Oh, well, at the pool in the summertime, I make a, myself a big cocktail. This is a good. It stays cold forever. It is a good one for that. I was going to say because it stays cold. Well, mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you, Santa Jamie. All right, number two Hopefully is. Hopefully, I get to keep it. John. So, John has the. Option to steal or you pick another. Go with what you know or go with what you don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Renee. I love that powder blue. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna take that. Um, I appreciate how much you enjoyed it. I'm I, sure you'll I, get something much better. So now, Renee, well, you get to pick mine. again. This is mine now. Now you get your second option. This is white elven. It's cutthroat. <laughs> so ah. you can go with a sure thing, which you might know, or the I unknown. Don't this is not fair. I play where you don't open it until the end. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, I'm not showing this. Booze, baby. <laughs> Wonder what it could be. 
It's just the box. Oh, the stemless wine glasses. <laughs> Always good to have. It's just the box. Mm-hmm. And what else? Mm-hmm. What else? I feel like there's I, something else in there. That's right? it. Just some pretty paper. Tyler did a great uh, job with this paper, guys. Look at this. The Rydell glasses. That's good work by Tyler. Ooh, Ooh. and some, a nice bottle of Cab. See, I, I thought you were going vodka, so I... Would I actually did, too, I got, which is I got why I didn't both for the price first. of what the vodka was going to be. I didn't mm. pick it at first. I thought it was going to be tequila, and I don't drink tequila mm. anymore. There you go. Nice it will be the coldest, iciest day in hell before I buy tequila. <laughs> Me and tequila are not I friends at all. I don't drink tequila anymore <laughs> because I used to drink it straight back in college, and oh. uh, my body can't handle it anymore. Yes, Eugene Krabs, I noticed uh, Renee's comments about packages as well. <laughs> All right, John. All right, all oh, wait, right. No, Tyler's up. So, Tyler, you're going to have to come in here. Jamie, you didn't, uh, did you, the red one's not yours, right? No. Okay, just making sure, because I don't want to make you end up Renee. with your gift. I can hand it to you, or you can come in. It's up to you. Yeah. All right. Let's let the you people. You to unwrap it. Yay! I, so, we do a white elephant at my cousin's Christmas party, and there's, there, I think there's 64 attendees this year. Now, oh, the kids Lord. are dropped off, so it's like. It's roughly like 38 or 40 adults that do this. So oh, you would right. imagine, the and you can steal oh things three times. Oh, wow. So Tyler like, has no Christmas stuff on. Christmas He's the Scrooge. There is backstabbing, <laughs> and uh, it's great. Oh, People oh. team up and form alliances to <laughs> get gifts they want. It is awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. Um. <laughs> and you can steal. Oh, no, you can't See, steal. I- Play can, where you can, can steal it, but you don't you open the gift. I guess you could the theoretically end. steal your <laughs> own. Everyone just keeps stealing it. Let's take John. All right, here's John's white elephant gift. 2008 was the clue. I knew it. Oh, I'm not gonna oh, lie. I had who a is feeling. It? That's their sign card. Oh, Y'all so are card sharks. I knew it was one into the night. I knew That's it was something awesome. card specific. I know you guys are all about your your cards. <laughs> uh, since Tyler is a diehard seam head, I am not going to steal that from him. <laughs> Let's okay, see. Wait, can we just say for the record, or is that what you're keeping? Uh, I think I kind of have to at this well, point. Oh, I could steal your wine and glasses. Okay, then I will. I will but wait. Then you would I end will up hold with my the, comments until the But then end. you would end up with the, your the own. The wine and the card are both on the table, right? Yeah, you yes. can also I could this. steal the card. It's already been stolen. No pressure. Hmm. I'm going to go with it. I like the, the, the thrill of the unknown. <laughs> is this, what is it, like a tutu or something? What are you giggling at? All right, so I actually thought this was perfect for anybody, but you were one that was like, if Jamie picks this, that'd be gold. Beer me socks. If you can read this, bring me a cold beer. <laughs> Love that. I got, I, Jamie's, I got some socks. Let's go have, have some socks. Please open that up. And oh, what my do we have on there still. So. Is, this, Make an, sure is this an apron? I, you need to put it on. Oh boy! You need to put it on. <laughs> it's not just an apron, my friend. Oh wow! It's not here. Oh, I'll take. Is that a beer this. apron? Look at this. Uh, yes, it is. Wow! It is an apron that has enough pockets to hold beer, condiments, utensils. Oh, that's wow. incredible! Anything that you want as you're cooking, if you uh. That back just, up a little. That just screams, Jamie. That's <laughs> yeah. a great I gift. A lot, so and that holds like six beers. Like that yeah. all across your chest. Those are all for. It could be juice too. It could be, you know, maybe I, some I, apple juice for the girls. I love, I love the camo. Like where did Jamie? Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. I think we should all test out our gifts now. <laughs> yeah. And then if you can read this, bring me a cold oh, beer. That's gold. I will put that up all Christmas Day. Can you put your um, socks on now? Uh, no. <laughs> He's not going to wear them. They're decoration. You have to use your gift, guys. I will gladly use my gifts right away. Yes. Well, that was our first annual White Elephant here at the PHLY Phillies podcast.
Uh, again, right, guys, thank you to everybody. Trash. We will be back on tomorrow uh, at noontime. John, I know you're you're taking a little one up to uh, Manhattan to do the Christmas yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, a little daddy-daughter trip to NYC. That's awesome. Aww. So I won't be here for the show, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, but you're you're in the business of making memories right now, and that's going to be a core memory for your daughter. I love that's that. Awesome. That's going to be awesome. Renee and I will be back tomorrow with Tyler, and uh, you know we'll send everybody off to the Christmas weekend. I can't believe it's almost here, Christmas Eve on Sunday. Should we send everybody off with a, a Christmas song? Mm. <laughs> I mean, if you start singing, I'm just going to leave and you can close out the oh, show. Weather outside. All right, everybody. No, we'll see you tomorrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> the weather wow, outside is weather. Well, Jeez, yeah. I'm dealing with the Grinch, the Scrooge. And <laughs> Scroo I don't, I, you're not a Scrooge, though. Yeah. I, I, wear, I wear the sweater. <laughs> yeah, you, you're wearing the sweater. He did. Uh, so for all of us here at PHLY Phillies, thank you for tuning in, checking out the show, and we will be back tomorrow. We'll see you then.